0: You're listening to the Weekly Wrap-Up on Sprott Money News.
1: Happy Friday from Sprott Money News and SprottMoney.com. It's Friday, May the 21st, at the end of what was a really good week for both Comex Gold and Comex Silver. It's time for your Weekly Wrap-Up. I'm your host, Craig Hemke. And joining us is renowned precious metals trader and wholesaler, Andrew McGuire, If you spend any time following The Precious Metals, I'm sure you know who Andrew McGuire is. Andy, thank you so much for spending some time with me.
0: Hey, Craig. It's always been my pleasure.
1: It is. And let me tell you what a thrill it is to call you a friend. Uh, There have been hardly any better allies. I mean, I think of you. I think of Eric, maybe Rick Rule. Uh, It's a pretty short list of people that have been there slugging away for really decades. So first up, thank you for all you've done.
0: Well, also, and please send my, my best wishes to Eric.
1: Certainly, will. Certainly, will. And to all of you out there, thank you for listening and submitting your questions to us each week. Again, that email address is submissions, the word submissions at sproutmoney.com. If you enjoy today's weekly wrap up, maybe the Ask the Expert segment. I just recorded that a couple of days with go with Rob Kirby. That'll probably be up later today. Very, very interesting Ask the Expert segment or even those monthly Precious Metals projection podcasts that I do with Christopher Mulan. Please be sure to subscribe, like, even share those posts on whatever channel you're listening to. They'll help us get the word out, no doubt about that. Uh, just a couple of those questions that came in this week I want to make sure we tackle before we get to uh, Andy. Uh, first, somebody asked if we could talk about uranium. Um, that's not really something that Andy and I follow, though the folks at Sprout Inc., including Rick Rule, though he's no longer, I think Rick's officially formally retired, but I know Rick Rule and everybody at Sprott Inc. is very excited about uranium after what has been a 10-year oh, a sojourn in the desert following Fukushima. But it looks good, and I know the uranium stocks are rolling too. So uh, for the person who wrote in asking about uranium, heck, I would just go to the Sprott Inc. website And uh, look at some of the free research they have posted there. The second question was actually sent to me and asked what I think of uh, this uh, presidential candidate named Pedro Castillo down in Peru and his threat to uh, maybe nationalize or semi-nationalize the mining companies in Peru. Look, I take that very seriously. And when I heard about that maybe about a month ago, uh, I actually trimmed a few of my holdings. I didn't eliminate, but I trimmed a few of my holdings that have operations there. All I know is what Eric has always told me. Jurisdiction and adherence to the rule of of law is extremely important uh, when looking and evaluating a mining company. uh, Where they are and, again, whether the rule of law is adhered to and is stable in that jurisdiction, very, very important. So uh, without speaking specifically to Peru, because who knows how that election will go, uh, just a reminder, that's something you've always got to check out as you do your own personal due diligence and risk assessment Uh, when making investments. And so now let's get to Andy. Gosh, there's a lot going on, Andy. Um, Again, I want to advise people to check back to the Sprott Money site for that Ask the Expert with Rob Kirby, because one of the things that I asked Rob to talk about was these pending uh, enforcements of, of segments of Basel III, which looked like they might have a big impact on the precious metals market, specifically all the unallocated shenanigans in London. And that's something Andy wants to talk about. And to set that up, is the third question that we got uh, this week. And uh, it's all about silver, and a question that comes up on my site, TF Metals Report, all the time. And that is, hey, look, these banks have infinitely deep pockets. They're too big to fail. They play this game, printing the contracts, dumping them on the COMEX. Uh, they're never subject to margin call. They're, I mean, they have infinite liquidity. What's to say this is ever going to end? How can we know? Because we know the price isn't fair. We know the price isn't based off of physical supply and demand. How can this end? And so with that teed up with a big old driver or a bat or whatever you want, that's teed up for Andrew McGuire, Andy Takeover.
0: Okay, Craig, absolutely. And as you say, look, there's so much going on. So we, 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 we let's just focus. I know that you and Eric usually focus on, you know, basically, this is a weekly wrap up and you want to see what we're basically looking at what's what's going on, what happened this week, what you should expect. And, and there's two things that come straight to mind. Uh, and that is Basically, from my wholesale market uh, side, we see a massively strong wholesale market. Now, we're talking both gold and silver here. And we could put silver in, you could put gold in, but they're both extremely strong wholesale markets. And, you know, we're we're now ever seeing Swiss refiners sold out for immediate delivery. And that's in conflict, though, with the upcoming Bank of International Settlements options expiry event, which will come in a day earlier than usual uh, on the 28th of May, due to the UK market holiday on Monday the 31st. Now, obviously, there's no gold or silver fixes to mark to market this derivative event. And so it has to be settled on the 28th. Now, I understand, look, this does also directly relate to um, to, to the uh, COMEX structure, because obviously, as we know, these markets are intricately uh, connected. Yep. Uh, so you know, if we're looking at the weekly wrap-up, that, Really, I think Craig, that should be our focus. So I'm going to put that right into the front, the crosshairs here. And so, given that the over-the-counter gold market turns over some, and and this is the reason why I'm concentrating on the BIS. Opex expiry because it really does reflect uh, the the Opex positions, uh, the Comex positions, and but it's a much larger market and that's actually look it's basically 15 trillion a year and if you add in all the derivatives anchored to the PM gold fix which we've just been through today and every day at 3 p.m. my time, uh, your your, obviously UK time, um, this is multiples higher probably closer to 70 trillion now all derivatives anchored into uh, into a, a precious metals fix, uh, gold fix at uh, in London, um, it, it is basically, uh, these are what we're looking at here is primarily over-the-counter derivatives, swaps, forwards, which get marked to market at that hour. And on the same day, and this is, we're talking about BIS expiry here, the OPEX expiry, that's the last day of each month. And so let's just say they have to represent at best estimate at least a trillion dollars uh, where this is where the BIS Nets Out swaps open on their box. So you have to look, uh, you only have to look at the medium term chart uh, to see for some <laughs> strange reason, gold prices mark monthly lows at this event, albeit if we are stair-stepping higher, which we are. Mm-hmm. So if we go back to March – um, and we look at the 31st of March and yep. these swaps totaled 487 tons. And where were they? Scared? Squared 1691. So last month, they'd reduced a little to 472 tons and they were squared at 1767, which is a $76 higher stair step. Now, although the the BIS can cash settle the bulk of the remaining unallocated gold credit liabilities, which are definitely laid on the books of the too-big-to-fail bullion banks, uh, privileged to have gold accounts at the Bank of England, these swaps are nevertheless being gradually unwound. So at best estimate, these swaps are likely reduced to around 440 tons, which is worth about $30 billion at current prices. And, uh, you know, in other words, that, I mean, that's basically what we're looking at. And to best assess where the sweet spot is for next Friday, which is also reflects with what we're looking at next uh, Wednesday It's Tuesday, Wednesday next week. T- T- yeah, Tuesday absolutely. on the COMEX. Yeah. Tuesday on the COMEX. Um, so currently if we look at, because we're looking at June now, the June COMEX structure yeah. and anyone's going to ac- access that um, as we go into first notice, say, as you say, at 26 May, the OPEX structure has, what it's done is actually significantly improved. So, the footprint suggests that the naked portion of the bearish op, 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 OPEX bets sold at 1800 are now partly in the hands of hot money looking to gain some alpha inside a previously capped range. And while further out the curve, actually 1900 looks to also have been heavily bet against. Yeah. Now, while the BIS would ideally like to spot, uh, close spot gold at 1800. And obviously we look at 1875 as we speak right now in futures Um, and and spot gold really, to be honest, I mean, it's almost tick for tick at this point uh, into this expiring uh, COMEX contract. It's been in backwardation for months, to be honest, but, but essentially, um, so really um, what we're running into the BIS, although they'd like it at 1800 or maybe just a slight notch below the enormous sovereign size T plus two physical gold uh, spot uh, demand has really stair-stepped uh, up to 1850. Now you cannot ignore this mm-hmm. into a strong wholesale market, mm-hmm. you know, which is starved of immediately deliverable bullion at current prices. Now look, nothing, we are seeing nothing coming on offer of any size that does not command a strong premium. And, and obviously, you know, I, I do realize we need to look at silver here because I think that the, the question was uh, about silver. But and
1: Let me back up for just a second, Andy, because I make sure everybody catches that. This is what you've always yeah. taught me about the wholesale market. Uh, if you can identify where those bids are to buy, then you know the banks are going to be reticent to take the paper price below there and trigger those buys. So when right so when you say 1850 that's a, that's going to be really hard for them to take it below there if those bids remain, correct?
0: Cor- correct. All Even right. though the option structure does suggest that these guys and as we've just said we looked to look at the last two months and look at the spike lows into those stair-step higher and and uh, really they at the time we we were pretty sure that's where the wholesale bids were aggregated. Now in sovereign size they've moved up to 1850. So it's going to be really interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, do they dare? But look, you you also know for something very suspicious. Gold and silver. This is. Where? How come, have you ever seen in all the history, Craig? Have you ever seen the CME come out and issue a margin reduction into <laughs> a rising gold and silver price?
1: Yeah. Who I are mean... they letting off the hook in reducing <laughs> their margin calls? Right.
0: Clearly, it was trying to add some more casino chips to the shorts. Clearly, I mean, this expansion of open interest, uh, though, really that we've been watching has been what we've been seeing a lot of failures to get this traction down. Right. And I think that's partly some of this open interest increase obviously there's some, there's some doubling down efforts by the insiders, but I'm also seeing that there is definitely some forced Delta hedge futures buying, uh, to protect, I mean, some bearish bets. And we know Craig, they're not just made some months out in some instances, these bets are made a year ago and you could, you could look fast mm-hmm. forward now and look at, look, uh, look at a, a option structure a year out and, and these bets are in place. Um, because it creates a lot of alpha for these guys. Some of them are specs too. But I think to me, uh, we never count out the BIS. Uh, you right. know, <laughs> they're, right. they're very strong.
1: Let, and, let's, bef- and again, let, before we get to silver, just so yeah. f- again, we've had a great week this week. We've had a great six or seven weeks and that trend should continue. I think all the way to 2000 by maybe early July, but just don't be surprised everybody listening. If next week's, Little tough and a little sideways because again, we've got Comex options that expire at the cl- Comex close Tuesday. We got the front month and what will be a delivery month June contract going off the board, the Comex close Thursday. And then, as Andy said, all of these biz and LBMA options will price at the London fix, which is 10 o'clock Eastern next Friday. So, we've got a lot of rationale reasons. For banks to uh, actively work to keep price held back next week, and then we'll see what happens as we go into June. Andy, you did want to talk about silver, though, before we – and then we'll wrap up with some Basel III stuff. But what do you think about silver?
0: Yeah, and I'll, and I'll also say that the um, this, this option structure for gold just before we leave gold yeah. is not dissimilar. Uh, to what drove gold to rally through strong uh, Comex 1758 resistance on the 15th of April. And and we were looking at a very similar structure at that point. And we've got gold at well over 100 bucks higher. So it's not always a guarantee that these guys can pull off. Uh, When the the wholesale market is that strong, uh, (laughs) you've got to to cover off your uh, delivery exposure. But yes, silver, look, as we know, it's not in rollover. I mean look, the the open interest is relatively small to gold. Um but footprints also suggest to us that the the bearish options bets made at twenty eight uh, are extremely vulnerable to being run and and, and into OPEX. Now this this structure Again, it's so remarkably similar to the when, when we saw the capped twenty-five six-seven-five range. If you remember on April the fifteenth, that was two bucks ago. We saw a very similar setup. Uh, um, so, yeah, I, I mean, I actually see further out the curve. We're seeing uh, with such a strong market. I, I think there's going to be some fireworks here. Yeah. But I honestly don't think I'd be really surprised, given that. Silver is tied at the hip to gold, and this is a massive BIS OPEX expiry. I would say the rallies really probably start to commence after uh, the BIS OPEX is done on the 28th. Yeah,
1: and I should point out too, anybody can pull up a chart of silver this week. I keep telling people on my site, all this rally from last year, we've yet to have a weekly close above 28. That was going to be a kind of a trigger point for me. And anybody, man, pull up a chart. Just even this morning, we were above 28 about an hour ago, and now we're 27.50. Pull up a chart of just the action this week, and you'll definitely see the heavy hand at 28. Uh, Andy, as we wrap up, people are catching on uh, to these. And again, these regulations of Basel three were written in 2014 in response to the financial crisis. And, uh, you know, all the different shenanigans the banks have done, you know, the quadrillions of derivatives, not in the precious metals only. But, I mean, it's just out, out – it's mind-boggling, the dollar value and the exposure and the counterparty risk all these banks have and how they're all systemic risks. And so Basel III was written. Uh, as this pertains to, uh, at least for gold and silver and in London, some of these uh, provisions are going to go into effect for the EU-based banks at the end of next month. And then uh, all the way over to the UK first of next year. I know you've got some thoughts on this. There's a lot of information out there. Uh, how do you see all of this, and why is it being done, and how do you see it playing out?
0: Yeah, I think this raises the the, the main question. After people say, well, "Okay, after 50 years of gold price suppression, why would the Bank of International settle the central bank of all central banks? Why would they allow the gold price to be re- revalued higher?" Uh, and and the bottom line is and. It's in defense of U.S. dollar hegemony, which is most definitely under attack by China and Russia. Look, this is, warfare isn't fine, uh, isn't done on a nuclear basis. It doesn't, it is not, doesn't undertake in in weapons. Everyone would be smoked from from, from this planet. Um, Look, China and Russia and the gold rich BRICS countries are going to greatly benefit from revaluing gold against the dollar. And Basel III puts this onto this the front burner. And I think, you know, we've been all over this Basel story now for almost a year. And, and obviously, there's been a great deal of scepticism now. But, but now it's on the front burner on every channel. And, and you know what? The LBMA begging letter came out uh, recently. That was a sign of absolute desperation. Look, I think, bottom line, every central bank will be able to revalue its physical reserves higher from the current 50% haircut into a fully cash exchangeable asset and look, We've already seen central banks, and you talked about it recently in one of your interviews. Look, central banks are seeking to repatriate reserves. They're scrambling over each other to do it. As they're adding reserves. Russia, China have added significantly more gold purchases than have ever been disclosed. And look, you know, I, I don't know where you sit on this, but we're not alone in assessing the is Probably surreptitiously, surreptitiously added around 25,000 tons to reserve. Yeah. Uh, Russia's openly sold U.S. treasuries to buy gold. Uh, in fact, by January, Russian gold reserves officially surpassed U.S. dollar holdings. But, you know, but like China, they have seriously understated what they're doing. So, you know, really, and uh, uh, bottom line, you know, central banks will be able to pay off trillions of dollars of debt by revaluing gold. And, and I think, you know, look. I know that we're short of time here, and I know we've got to keep this brief. But look, Craig, what we we are assessing here is we're marking the end of a failed credit-based fiat monetary system where gold will once again gobble up the obligations and how that has to be done by a price reset. And I think everyone's going to be very, very um, – it's going to benefit – Every single central bank to do this—that's
1: the important part to remember. In the end, I mean, they could say it's all part of eliminating some systemic risk. Okay, sure, uh, get some of these derivatives off their books because we know, you know, uh, the, again, the trillions of dollars of derivatives. And the what did you you told me earlier? Uh, think about this: the unallocated trading in London is almost ten thousand metric tons of silver a day and six hundred metric tons of gold.
0: It's wild, yes. That's outrageous. So, it, it, what we're talking about, as you say, we're talking about 650 tons of gold a day, but, but silver. Because everyone's asking about silver. This, look, that is 9,350 tons cleared. Every single day in the, I mean, this is a third, what, a third of supply. And I, I did a Wall Street Silver interview and I said, look, put this picture in your mind. And and I hope you do this on your website. Look, picture 10,000 pallets, each comprising of 30, 1,000 ounce bar, you stack them vertically, that is 85 feet high. That is cleared every single day in London. Tell me that that is legitimate bullion banking business. Right.
1: Right. Crazy. And and Andy, remember the LBMA put out that first quarter report, so they were almost out of silver with the silver (laughs) squeeze, and yet they're still able to clear 9,000 metric tons a day by just shuffling paper. It's all pretend. And if we can call them to the carpet, get them out of that business, and we have to actually find price based off of – Something closer to a physical price. Oh my gosh!
0: And and, and, our, and our woolly-headed friend, um, uh, uh, wooly CPM <laughs> uh, five hundred to one is what he said. Uh, brazenly is what silver is is leveraged at. So hey, every time you take two ounces off the uh, off the off the market in physical form, you're taking a thousand ounce bar off the off That's the market.
1: Beautiful thing, beautiful thing. And if you need some of that physical metal. You want to diversify out of dollars, as Andy said, all of these central banks are doing around the world. Man, if they're diversifying, they're getting rid of some of their dollar reserves. <clears throat> why would it not be a good idea to get rid of some of your dollar reserves? It's the same thing. Now, Monday, of course, is Victoria Day in Canada. So we want all our Canadian listeners to enjoy a three-day weekend. Try not to drink too much moose head or whatever <laughs> the favorite is up there. But if you're looking to invest in precious metals over the weekend, go straight to SprottMoney.com. Great deals on gold, silver, platinum, bars, rounds, coins. If you want, you can also just talk to an actual person. But then you got to wait till Tuesday if you don't get that done today. But again, that number, 888 775 and someone from the team will be happy to help out. Andy, as I said, when we got started. I'm glad you're on our team. Let me tell you that. Thank you for all this great information, and I hope you have a great weekend too.
0: Uh, and you too, Craig. Thank you. And and uh, greetings to all your listeners.
1: Thank you, Andy. Have a great weekend. And from all of us at Sprott Money News and com. thanks for listening. Please enjoy your weekend.